Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Plasek. And welcome to Generation BSC, the podcast where we are rereading the Babysitter's Club book by book and taking a look at how it shaped our micro-generation. We're not quite Gen X's, not quite Millennials, certainly not Gen Z's or Definitely Alphas not. or whatever the hell name they want to call or them boomers. this week. Boomers. Okay, we are not boomers. <laughs> exactly. Um so what we are is somewhere in the middle, and we're taking a look at the things that shaped us uh, primarily through the Babysitter's Club. So that's where we are. That's exactly. who we are. Um, and this week, we're talking about Goodbye, Stacey, Goodbye, Number which 13. is book 13. Ooh, I wonder if that was intentional. Like, Ooh, I don't number know. 13 being unlucky, like th- this is the first yeah. thing where something sort of permanently bad happened. True. Well, I mean, Louis dying was rather permanent, yeah. but... I mean, main plot-wise. Yeah. Permanently. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Just a thought. Or just a funny coincidence. So um, we realized, or I'm realizing literally just this moment, that we did not do predictions in our super special episode. I feel like that sort of makes sense. Yes. Because we had a special guest. And also, having just listened to um, Claudia and the New Girl... I think we talked about we made our predictions yeah, for we, the super we did, special, but we made we also made predictions about this. Sort oh, of, I th- sort of. We well, we mentioned that that was what was next. We didn't talk about what we thought was going to happen in it. Because I mean, I did. Stacy moves away because that's the only thing I oh, remembered. Because well, see, I, I I mean, I was gonna say it was fine that we skipped our recollections on this one because I'm pretty sure that that's what as both. What we both yeah. got. I feel like that's maybe why I thought it was, it was okay, okay with what we did. Because, well, because that's all we were going to say anyway. The only reason I was thinking about it is because I had one step further. Um, and the only reason I even thought about that is because I was very wrong. <laughs> um, so um, I thought that they moved back because her parents split. Um, not oh, the they, other way around. That's why she, she comes back, back to Stony Brook. So I remember. Spoiler the, alert. Yes. So I remembered there was a divorce. And I remember that was something to do with the move. But for oh, some so reason, you thought they were leaving now because they were getting divorced. I thought maybe Stacy's mom moved back, or and she moved with her, which is what yeah. happens. But right, other but way around, coming back to Stony Brook. Um, so anyway, so I when I started reading this, I was like, oh, no. oh, okay, oh, I get it. the right, it was the divorce brought her back. Interesting. Okay, so that's the only reason I was thinking oh, okay. that makes sense that we didn't do the predictions is because I, I, I was you would have mentioned that in. Once again, been wrong. It was in- incorrect. I, to be fair, I would have hedged my bets. <laughs> said what? <I'm laughs> like every sure. time, uh, right? Um, I think maybe, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so, actually, that's a good point. I'm going to challenge us to start. Like, let's commit as as hard as you went for. I go that pretty Don hard one. most of the time. That's true. Um, I will. I will go harder. <laughs> More definitive, yeah, will, and go harder. I don't. That's, that sounds weird. weird. I don't, but like, I don't it. like. I don't. Didn't, Phrasing. Um, but anyway, um, now that we have talked about our predictions, let's talk about what actually happened. So let's start by jumping into the back of the book. Um, okay, so as we mentioned, this was book number 13, released in May 1988, not 98. Yes. Um, <clears throat> although 98 would make me feel better about turning um, a milestone birthday this month, because <laughs> I'd be 25. Yeah. Although... I had a breakdown my 21st, 25th birthday, as you well remember, um, and this one I was totally fine with, so maybe I don't want to go back 10 years. Yeah. I'm good. Um, breakdown's a strong word. It wasn't as bi- It wasn't quite the quarter-life crisis-y thing, but mm-hmm. I just got real sloppy. Um, it happens. Yeah. 
not my finest hour. Um, anyway, and literally before we started filming, filming, recording, I said, yeah, I'm still not feeling super great. I probably won't be super sidetracky. And, um, and as I correctly predicted, <laughs> just like normal. <laughs> One, once again, Kate knows me better far than I know myself. I'm okay. just more realistic about who you are as a person. Fair. Fair assessment. This is why you're my get a grip friend. That's true. Um, okay. So anyway, back on track. May 1988. Actually, Anna Martin. Here's the back of the book. <clears throat> oh, no. <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a very strange face. Let's try that again. Oh, no. Stacy McGill is moving back to New York. That means no more Stony Brook Middle School, no more Charlotte Johansson, and worst of all, no more Babysitter's Club. Stacy's, just for the record, there's not been a single period. Those in are all exclamation, all exclamation points. points. It's not just Lauren being extra dramatic. She's reading with the per- correct... Correct level of extra. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was appropriate extra. <clears throat> Stacy's friends are crushed when they hear that Stacy's moving. Claudia, most of all. Stacy was her first best friend. How will the babysitters cope without Stacy? What kind of going away present is good enough for someone as special as she is? But most important, who is going to be the next member of the babysitters club? Who? Um, I rate that one a solid yeah, A. Yeah, that was another solid description. Yeah, I mean, not overly dramatic. I think this, it was honestly, the tone of this was a little bit more extra than the book was about it. I mm-hmm. thought the book was a little bit more measured overall. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was emotional, but like, it was very like practical and pragmatic about like, this is what's happening. Like after the very beginning when Claudia and Stacey decide that they're going to try to keep, come up with every idea to keep Stacey in which I, Stony Brook, I, you which know, is such a thing that I would have done if I were I, 100%. And I, you know what I was thinking about that is, you know how I know that every single kid in the world would have done that? is because the parents said the exact same thing because you know those parents got together and, like, you know these girls are going to come to us. Exactly. So let's make sure our messaging is, you know, yeah, the same because then it, that, that's just a quick shutdown. There's no, like, oh, well, they didn't mention. Right. No. Right, like, they try to find the loophole. Yeah. Like, well, my mom said this and exactly. their dad said that, they, so no, what if it, we. Had it perfectly coordinated, yeah. so it was like, nope, like, nope. This, this is, is, yeah. This is what's happening. Um. But I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I had that conversation about, or how we can hide things away. Right. But, like, that was the extent of it. You know, most of the time in um, kids' media, a move, there's some kind of histrionic, Mm -hmm. like, somebody runs away, or somebody, um, you know, hides somebody, or some kind of big drama, or breakdown in the cafeteria of, I don't want to go. Right. Yeah, like, the biggest drama was, like, the girls trying to figure out how to, like, send Stacey off in, like, the best way possible. Like, that was what the most, they were most concerned about. Once it was like, well, this is happening, they were like, well, what are we going to do? Because I feel like in a lot of these books, it's like, we have to come up with an idea for something, and then they spend, like, most of the book trying to figure it out, and then finally someone has a brilliant idea while they're babysitting, and... Lately, it hasn't been Christy as much as doing the the great ideas, which is kind of interesting. I, yeah, I think that that I am I've got to imagine that that's super intentional. Mm-hmm. But I also do like that they are honest about who Christy is because they'll even say like she makes a note every time that it's not her idea. Yeah, where not in a like awful way, but just in a I wish I had thought right, of that. I, I wish I had come up with that and, quicker. And like I very much identified with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think part of it is. I had a lot of identity tied up around in being smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anytime 
Um, I wasn't the smartest. I was worried that that made me look dumb. Right, not smart at all. Exactly. It was totally like insecurity, awfulizing, whatever. Um, But it was very much that kind of like, I just, I need you to be aware that your, I know that your idea was better so I can prove that I'm smart enough to know a good idea when I see one. Right. And humble enough to like. (laughs) Right. To know that you don't always have to be the one with a good idea. But I also was 13 and couldn't regulate tone, so it probably came out. Uh, yeah, oh, that was such a good idea. As my mother so loved to say, it's not what I said, it's how, how I you said, said it. it. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm not great about... My facial expressions, I'm pretty good. At, at, I have a pretty good poker face. I don't have the best poker tone. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, it, still to this day, even though I've gotten better. Yeah. But at 13... Definitely there not. Was, it was non-existent. No. The I could the disdain practically dripped from every word. Oh, boy. Okay. So our description, even though this one was pretty good, although, I, like, when I was writing this, I even told you, like, I sort of had to add some extra stuff in again because yeah. it was more than just, like, a sentence. So. Because Kate is the uh, chronic definition of an overachiever in the best way possible. <laughs> it has to be long enough. <laughs> anyway. So, Stacy specific, the office that Stacy's dad was transferred to, which resulted in them moving to Stony Brook in the first place, is underperforming and being closed, and Stacy's dad is being transferred back to New York City. It's too far to commute, so the McGills are moving back to the city. Stacy is both happy about being back in New York City and sad about leaving everything and everyone in Stony Brook. Things move quickly over the course of the book, covering four to five weeks, with Stacy finding out they're moving in the first chapter and leaving for good in the final pages. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, Babysitter's Club generally. The Babysitter's Club is pretty devastated when Stacy tells them she's moving away, Claudia in particular. Not only are they sad about their good or best friend leaving, they have concerns about how they will manage all of their babysitting jobs without her. The girls spend the book trying to figure out the best way to send Stacy off in the best way possible. I clearly wrote this too fast and didn't do enough of my overachieving. <laughs> Lots of best way possible. Uh, and eventually Dawn has a great idea to have a party with all of their babysitting charges. They pay for the party with lots of games and prizes. With their earnings from a yard sale, Stacy's mom asks them to manage in order to downsize their lives to fit back into an apartment in the city. Also, Claudia and Mallory babysit for her siblings where they're spying on new French neighbors. Claudia babysits for Jeff and finds drafts of a letter to his dad asking to come back to California and they have a good conversation. And Christy babysits for her four siblings and the Delaney's and Papadakis's without actually being paid for the four extra kids. Yeah. During which Mrs. Porter invites them over for lemonade and gently messes with the kids about the witch stuff. Which I love I it. Loved. I I know. I love it. I'm just... It's funny how when you actually do, you, we were laughing about how, you know, there's not a lot happening, so you have to stretch it out. But when you, like, lay it all out there, um, I was realizing in this one for me, for whatever reason, I really genuinely didn't expect it. It has so many, like, little trigger points for me on, in big ways and small ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that I That's what I told Kate as I was reading this. I was, I, I did not, I didn't move anywhere as a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, but I was five. It was a perfect timing. You know, right. I was just transitioning from preschool to kindergarten. So, like, everybody was starting kindergarten and nobody knew right. anybody. Um, and then I had, you know, a couple of friends on the block move away, but nobody that was, um, you know, like a, a member of my babysitter's club at that by that time. Yeah. Um, and even that was... 
sad, but not not like major. So I mm. didn't think I was going to have any major like responses to it. But I so identified with Stacy on this whole like being glad to go, but mm. also leave and come back thing because I, I was just in that position. Right. Um, I've been back. It's been exactly a year. Um, like it's all it's coming up in my time hop. Mm-hmm. Like we're in that in the weeks of when I came back. And I very much felt that same way where I was so torn where either decision I was going to be heartbroken, but either decision I was going to win too. And I really so appreciated that the book was able to have that space for that, Mm -hmm. even for little kids that, I mean, the things she was excited about seeing or sad about leaving were far more, you know, kid-based than mine. Uh, But the the feelings are the same. 100%. Um, and I, I love that they did that and mm-hmm. it wasn't the, you know, oh, you're making me leave. Right. So. Exactly. Like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I never want to leave Stony Brook, which I think is like, as we've talked about through most of these books, you know, sort of the mirroring for kids. It's like, just cause your parents might be telling you that you have to move, even if you're not going back to somewhere that you already know and love, you have the opportunity to be somewhere new and try new things and meet new people. So like. Be ha- be excited about the new things that you get to do, mm-hmm. even though you can also be sad that you're leaving what you already know and love. So I I think it's it was a nice a nice way to sort of give kids that lesson. Yeah, that you can. Uh, I think enough of us still, even as adults, struggle with the idea of being able to hold on to two ideas and two emotions mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, but listen, anybody who's ever been on a diet and offered a donut knows <laughs> you can very much. Not want that donut and want that donut at the exact same time. Why should it be anything different for more complicated right. things? That's true. Um, also, I've never been married, but I imagine, based on what sitcoms tell me, um, <laughs> that if you've been married, you can love someone and not love someone in equal parts at the same time as well. I will never not confirm or <laughs> deny that. <laughs> uh, TV taught me that. Um, <laughs> so many things. Right. Um, but you know, that's, I, I certainly feel that way about my dog sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, so I think that that's a really important thing to start messaging to kids that mm-hmm. their world isn't black and white, that it yeah. is shades of gray and that scary things happen, but good things can come from scary things. Yeah. Well, and even with the girls that are not moving back to New York, exactly. they have the same sort of feelings where it's like, they're really sad that Stacey's leaving, but then they have the practical issue of like, we already have too many babysitting jobs. Like, what are we going to do? And it's sort of awkward for Stacey to be there while they're dealing with that, even though she objectively knows like they still have all these clients and they need to babysit and I'm no longer going to be a fourth person or a fifth person to be here. I don't know what they're going to do. And like on the one hand, she cares so much about the babysitter's club and everything it brought for them that she obviously wants them to find someone and for right. them to she succeed. Right, she wants it to continue. But you can't help that poor petty little right. part of your heart. That I, I hope they can't get, do it without me. <laughs> yeah. I'm so irreplaceable. That exactly. Can. It'll never be the same. I mean, it yeah. won't ever be the same, but like, and I know she feels that because I 100% felt that way when I moved to Vegas mm-hmm. where there's that small, tiny, little mean, awful part in the middle of my heart that was like, I hope everyone can't survive. They're so <laughs> devastated that I'm gone that no one ever recovers the will to live. And that's how I know it's crazy because it is yeah. all, it's always to an extreme, right? It's like over the top. Um, I was just talking about it in, um, the class I was training today and I, I think I've mentioned it here before. I can't remember, but 
now I, I totally empathize with other podcast hosts who are like, I don't remember if we said, I'm like, I said <laughs> like, that. I'm pretty sure I talked about something um, like this. It all sort of fl- flows together yeah. in a great way. I'm discovering because it feels like one long conversation with everybody, mm-hmm. especially now that we're hearing back from you guys where it, it really just, it doesn't feel like episodes in a right. way. It feels like one long. A continuation each yeah. week or which is, every other week. <laughs> which is totally not the point, but. But it's fine. But it's fine. We like it. <laughs> um, especially because I forgot what the point was and lost my train of thought. Um, that never happened. Either. Never. Um, <laughs> oh, about the idea that um, your first thought, it, you should never judge yourself by mm-hmm. your first thought, that that is a first draft. That's just right. everybody has those crappy thoughts, that you are who you choose to be right. by what you choose. If you choose to allow that first thought to stand, then yeah, you are that. Exactly. But you are not what Just because you have the thought doesn't mean that that's, that's only who you are. Exactly. And that to me was such a, I remember reading that and just mm-hmm. having such a, ugh, yeah, duh moment. Because how often I judge myself on. Right. The first thing you think is like, oh God, I can't believe I just thought that. On the absolute worst version of myself. Right. And like, that's awful to be carrying around the worst version of yourself right. at all times. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that. Um, that they were allowed Stacy the space to, you know, be a little petty and hurt about it, but also recognize the good in it too. Mm-hmm. But, but they didn't make her a, a, a saint. Like nobody no. is. Yeah. I think they do a really good job of this overall. I mean, even Christy earlier being a little shitty about them, like her not being the one to have the good idea. Right. The, the girls are allowed to have faults. Like nobody's a saint. Exactly. Um, they're allowed to be, petty and messy and immature the way mm-hmm. that 12 and 13 year, olds... 13 year olds would be. Yeah. 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 One sort of funny thing with Christy, like in the very ending of the book, when they've realized that Mallory can be the solution, at least to a certain degree. And they're, they're at like the final babysitters club meeting for Stacy. And she's like, well, I'll call Mallory and see if she wants to do it. And Christy's like, well, I'm the president. And Stacy's like, yeah. just let me do this. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm leaving. Can I can, can I like this? have some part of this so I can feel like I'm like transitioning and feel less bad about not being in the babysitters club anymore? And once again, I feel like I've been told that before. <laughs> probably by you at some point in our it's friendship. Possible. Hopefully not in recent years, but Don't definitely in so. our early it's, ages. It, I'm have, sure to a some than, well, varying you, way. In, in you've more than once put me in my place in many <laughs> occasions, but that one in particular feels like yeah, that's something I would sometimes need to be told let just somebody let me, have it let me have this one or or let somebody else have it yeah. maybe that's probably more likely yeah. you were like come on it's okay you don't have to do all things um as uh, much as you might like to but that's you can't but my control says i have to have I'm, all of I'm them sorry, all of the time i'm sorry to tell you that you can't uh, anyway so i don't know i mean I feel like there's, like, a lot of different people dealing with these issues in this book, but, like, I feel like we're just going to have the same conversation about each of them. Um, I guess one thing that we had sort of touched on when we were doing our pre-conversation, how interesting it is that we have been touching on Jeff sort Mm -hmm. of laying the breadcrumbs of, like, he's going to go back to California so that when that happens, it's less of a shock. And here, it's, like, in one book, it's, like, we're moving, we're gone. And how... It's sort of going to be interesting, especially once we get to the book where Jeff leaves, to sort of compare and contrast how, you know, kids that would be reading this book, reading through the series, how they might 
look at these differently and how it sort of is helpful, again, to sort of teach the lesson of sometimes these big surprising things are happen and they are a big surprise and they move quickly. And so you kind of need to be ready for big changes, whether you can see them coming or not, which is kind of scary, but a good thing for kids to, to see. I loved it so much. And uh, that one is one thing I do remember we actually did even talk about when mentioning um, in our not predictions predictions. Right. We we had the conversation that it's interesting. The next book is Goodbye, Stacey, Goodbye. But, you know, they've been talking about Jeff and now right. this is coming out of nowhere. And and it wasn't until I was reading it and actually experiencing mm-hmm. it that that we both had that, like, um, I mean, it's dumb to think of it that way, but it is props to Anna and Martin. It's a good freaking twist. Yeah. Like, you are fully invested in Jeff leaving or staying. And then out of left field, it's Stacy. And, right. you know, that's how life is. I certainly um, didn't expect to get laid off. Like, right. When... Someone I worked with pulled me into an office. I was not expecting my world to change in that exactly. moment. Um, even though I had already started plans to move back to Cleveland. Right. So I, it, it's funny. I experienced both. Like I was already <laughs> prepping for like the long, I knew I was going to start right. moving, but I was expecting it to, you know, take a year or two. Right. So I would have time to. And be able to like find a job before you started the process of like, like moving and make everything. Make decisions and, yeah. you know, have the last time here and the last time, and right. like, you know, know for a year that I was leaving and be able to do a bunch of last hurrahs, it, it, which I'm largely attached to because I didn't get that with Cleveland. Cleveland, it was like, can you be here in two weeks? Okay, bye. Right. Like, um, and I'm out. So I was, this time I was like, great, I'm going to do it the right way this right. way. I'm going to take my time and really enjoy everything I loved about this place mm-hmm. before I say goodbye to it. And then, of course, life Life had other plans. Yeah. Life is life and things worked out differently and they worked out exactly the way that they should have. Um, always do. Right. But, but it's hard to know that at the time when the big surprising thing and happens. And that's not fair. Always do. I hate that. That's so glib. That's not true either. Yeah. Um, there are definitely things in my life that have worked out in ways that are not, oh, for the best that I wish had been gone differently or whatever. So. Yeah. But – you also like you are who you are and you are where you are now because of all of those things. So You're like right. it's hard I don't like I I see it both ways and I even like it's one of those things like having both emotions inside yourself at the yeah. same cuz like I see it from both perspectives and like I like where I am now and what, like who I am now and so I have a hard time feeling like I wish something in the past that maybe could have gone a different way had because then I don't know who I would be now. Fair. But on the other hand, like, maybe my life would be even better. I don't know. So... I think it's less, um, you know, not uh, wanting things to be different and more, I guess, I I think I was uh, reacting to the glibness of... Mm. It all happens for a reason. And I think that that is sometimes a response that people have to brush over and to move past uncomfortable, ugly things. Yeah, Uh, You know... Something big and ugly is happening in someone's life. Well, everything happens for a reason, right. and that's an easy way to to. Right. I don't. We don't need to talk about this anymore. Exactly. It's going to make me feel bad that and you're so, having a hard time right now. <laughs> and so I think that that's more what I'm objecting yeah. to. That idea that it's uh, right. No big deal. I'm past it, so it's it's not a right. big deal. No, but that when makes sense. Things that you have to get past do remain a big deal and stay with you. And, yeah. Um, big ways and small ways. Like I, I mean, that's what we're experiencing. 
right now. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we internalized from these books, the stuff that exactly. I'm now bringing back to that I probably never processed before. Um, one that definitely um, stood out for me. So I mentioned this one had a lot of triggers for me, even in like small things. Mm-hmm. And one that really stood out and I remembered, had a visceral like oof moment when I read it, was the whole thing around Claudia and never having a best friend. Mm-hmm. Because I never had a best friend when I was young. And I desperately wanted one. And I would like have, I had to have someone, um, and it, it just wouldn't last. And largely looking back, I realized a lot of it was because I was like violently, desperately needy, like, please love me, be my best friend. Yes. I want a best friend, which is unattractive at any age. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I remembered that aching, like that mm-hmm. whole void want that right. was like a black Well, and especially of... with like reading these books or other books targeted at like kids our age when we are, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. like everybody has their like best friend and that's what the whole story is about basically. So it's like, if you don't have that, it would be like, well, why I'm supposed to have a best friend. Why don't I have a best friend? And like, is something wrong with me? Right. Um, and, and the thing is, that continues on now. I mean, look at every sitcom. I mean, hello, look at Friends. Don't. How often do we watch those and go, man, I wish I had a group of people that I, like, literally hung out with every yeah. day and we walked in and out of each other's apartments and, like, we're as, cl- as close as friends can be. We live in the same city, like, 10 minutes from each other. We've been friends for 20 years. We see each other, have to regularly, <laughs> and, like, as part of this. And we still don't just, like waltz into each other's houses and and talk 24-7 and, like, I'm not going to, like, walk into your fridge and, like, eat your pizza or, you know, you don't know every minutia of my life because we're, you know, we'll go for a a week like normal people (laughs) right? without, you know, having had interaction like that. But all media, for for the sake of the story, it has to work like that. Right, because otherwise it'd be, like, one person, like, you know, you've got, like, Chandler and Joey just hanging out by themselves because they're roommates. But right. other than that, it's like, oh well, I guess I'll see. And by hanging whoever. out, it means they're just sitting on the couch, like right. watching sports in their boxers. Like, right. Um, it, it's really fascinating. I read a really interesting article about um the idea behind FOMO and why we feel like everybody else is having more fun mm-hmm. than we are, and it, it's because of a bias. Because the bias that we're only seeing other people right. when we're out having fun and doing fun things. Um, and, and that makes sense for our friends, but it also makes sense when we walk past a crowded bar. Right. We just assume that everybody's doing that all the time. When the reality of it is that person could have been in there to use the phone. Right. Or maybe it's their one night out in six years. Right. Or whatever. But because you see the world happening and you never see those people at home sitting on their couch right eating their Cheetos, watching The Circle, or <laughs> Love is Blind, um, which, by the way, we need to get into when we're done with I've this. only watched Love is Blind. I've not watched The Circle. Okay. Oh, oh, I like The Circle better than Love is Blind. Um, I really like those trashy shows where people marry people they don't know. That, yeah, well, <laughs> that's basically The Circle, except um, they're not actually getting married. It's just like trying to be the most popular person in this basically like little social experiment. So ah. it's a bunch of people like, I love you and having these really deep, earnest conversations. Got it. Um, so it's a lot of the same things from Love is Blind, but I'm only a couple episodes in, but some of the earnestness is too much for me. I'm like literally squirming on the couch. 
like watching these grown adults stare at screens and be like, I've never felt this way before. Like oh, crying. No. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I literally can't sit still. It makes my skin crawl. Um, <laughs> Sounds which, like something you should definitely I was keep like, watching. That. <laughs> no, but I mean in a good way. Like I'm enjoying it. Okay. It's just those certain moments when it like gets too, when they forget that there's a joke in this whole thing <laughs> that um, I, ew, I just can't. And then I just wonder, like, I, I, do they actually believe they're in love? Do they know that this is a show? Is there, like... I think yes to both. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just makes no sense to me. I'm not really... I've never really watched any of those types of things before until I was really sick at New Year's and I watched a lot of um, 90 Day Fiancé. Ah, yes. and That's one I haven't watched. I did watch a few seasons of Married at First Sight. Which know. is by the same people that are doing Love is Blind. Okay, that makes sense. Where at least this one, they like get to meet each other, not face to face before they get engaged at Married at, or, yeah, Married at First Sight. They literally see each other and meet each other for the first time when they get married. Have they like spoken beforehand? No. So who, the, like, is there a relationship involved? experts who are not great, like match these people up and it's like, okay, this is. Like, dystopian nightmare stuff. Like, yeah. this is the premise of, like, a book that... Yeah, but see, these people, like, signed up for it. I guess that's So, if, if they were being forced to do this, it would be very different. Fair. But they are not being forced. You're, you're not wrong. Um, I just... I, I, I have nothing against reality television, and Lord knows I love trashy mm-hmm. nonsense. Um, but for whatever reason, it's just not really my speed. Like, I watched a couple of seasons of Real Housewives... Orange County and Beverly Hill, or Beverly Hill, no. Orange County, what was the original one? Orange County? Yes. And New York. Like, two seasons of both of those mm-hmm. when they very first started, and then just was like, yeah, it's yeah. not really my thing. I think I watched, like, two seasons of New York, and I was like, yeah. I, I watched a, a a season of The Bachelor, an early season, and then a later one. Um, the later one was largely because I, it was, like, an outing thing, where, where like, everybody watched it oh, together, yeah. so I watched with them. But even then, I was like, "Yeah, I've never seen an episode of Bachelor." Or like, it's fun to get into when I'm with a group like that. Right. But it's I would never go home and be like, this "Gotta is watch I the want. Bachelor tonight." So when I fell in love with the circle, I was really surprised. And yeah. then now I'm really excited about Love Is Blind. Um, and I, well, I mean, I was largely like deliriously ill for those three <laughs> weeks. So I, um, or three weeks, three days, <laughs> three weeks of 90 day fiance. Um, I don't remember what was a fever dream and what was, you know, reality because I do remember right. at one point texting you about how there's some real sociopolitical things happening <laughs> here that are fascinating. And then I, uh, the fever broke and I went, You're Oh, like, wait, Sorry. I don't know what is happening right now. I was on a lot of drugs and not the fun kind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I guess to get back to the babysitters club. Yes. Um, I, we sort of touched on this when we were talking um, over the weekend, but I really loved the stuff with Mrs. Porter. Uh, when yes. Christy was babysitting for seven children while only getting paid for three children. That in, in and of itself, I was just like... Why these kids just like come over and it happens like regardless of who's babysitting whom, but like there's just like extra kids there. Like I no nobody that I babysat for would ever be like, I'm just gonna have my friends over. See, you know what's funny is I didn't respond to that at all. 
largely because um, my neighborhood was such a like mm-hmm. mishmash of kids that we all just did sort of like run around together. And even when I was babysitting, I was babysitting on a cul-de-sac where my parents were across the street. Yeah. And, like, very much how this Stony Brook is described here where everyone's just sort of there. So it didn't feel like the extra kids because we were all just playing out in the street anyway. Right. Um, so we were there, they were there, but it wasn't like I was actually responsible for Well, here, I mean, Watson and Edie are gone and like... That's true. There's no, Mrs. Porter's the only responsible adult around. That's true. I just, no, I mean, like, um, I'm sure the, the Papadakis' parents are, uh, uh, um, at home down the street. Well, maybe. I don't are know. they? Maybe. I don't know. That's... Maybe they wanted some free babysitting. <laughs> anyway, I did. I was Clearly, not I'm concerned this. about all of these parents taking advantage of Christie's goodwill. I love, I love that we each have like such weird little peccadillos that we are like weirdly upset about in these books that we didn't anticipate going in. Yeah, um, I never thought that I would care about something like that. Um, you remember the reaction I had to Don's child abuse? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I do recall that. Um, but anyway, so while she's yeah. babysitting for them. Um, Karen, of course, is having one of her story times and says that Mrs. Porter, Morbid of Destiny, is going to make witches brew to turn them all into witches and that she's been, you know, getting supplies. And Mrs. Porter, I think, having overheard this, and she knows that Karen thinks she's a witch. Yeah. But Karen, a lot of things. Not subtle. No, exactly. I should know. I am Karen. Accurate. I'm far more Karen even than I am Christy. Yes. Accurate. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But Mrs. Porter, no, like all the kids are outside playing and Mrs. Porter like comes over and is like, oh, do you guys want to have some lemonade? Because I think they were suggesting that they should make lemonade. And right. Christy was like, we don't, we have like two lemons. That's not going to work. And so Mrs. Porter hears this and is like, oh, I have lemonade. Come over in like five minutes and we can have some. The kids are all like freaking out, but Christy's like, okay, we, we're well, going to go. already talked about poisoning earlier. Right. So, so the, and like... They thought that they were going to get turned into witches and get poisoned and whatever. But so they go over and Mrs. Porter is, like, messing with Karen. Yeah. Like, talking about brewing it and, like, something else. And, and it's then she like, winks at Christy yeah, at one point. And I just loved – I love that Mrs. Porter is, like, just, like, playing it up to be, like, hey, I'm a witch. Right. This is hilarious. But, like, Christy realizes as they're leaving, Mrs. Porter's just – a nice lonely old lady mm-hmm. that wanted some company and like i just love that 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 like journey because we saw when when you know christy and marianne were doing the first babysitting jobs for karen and andrew and they're afraid of mrs porter and they think she's a, might be a witch too and now and it's marianne like is like I, I know she's not a witch right. like obviously i know she's not a witch i know but she's not a witch maybe and she is there's always that yeah but so now it's like it's nice to have seen that progression from christy and i hope that it continues that you know maybe in the future she'll like go hang out with mrs porter i don't know if that I don't happens know, i i don't but, recall it but like i just love the fact that like we've got some of that growth from christy like a different look at maturity than the stuff related to moving and just sort yeah. of this like side story which was kind of cool I thought it was so sweet. I loved that. I and it caught me so by surprise, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh yes!" Yeah. I, I, I felt like uh, this is awesome. Yeah, like I loved. I that. was weirdly, um, like cheering it on. Yeah, in a in a funny way. But um, as you were mentioning it just now, I had a very distressing thought. How old do we think 
Morbid of Destiny is? 50. God, I was thinking at least 65. I don't. She but does like, have, like... I was going to say she has, like, gray hair, but you But have I have gray hair. <laughs> Maybe she's 35. <laughs> I did love, though, Karen... Karen or Christy described her house as a Halloween house, and I was like, that I, is perfect. Yep, I love I that. Exactly. Yep. I can picture it in my head. I She's probably, like, retired at least. Yeah. I would say, well, because she's clearly young enough to, like, live alone in a big house. Right. Is my thing is, like, when I started thinking about it, I was, like, imagining, like, a decrepit little woman. Right. But if she can, in that neighborhood in particular, right. they're not going to allow, like, and I'm, like, also I'm picturing, like, a decrepit house. <laughs> But they also live in a neighborhood where those bitches are talking about their $4,000 fountain. Right. They are not going to allow the homeowners association. Exactly. To accept a, like, crumpling in house. Right. So it's very funny. I never processed that all, put that all together. I was envisioning. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, her garden probably is barely overgrown or you know that people would be like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, get it together. So she can't be that old. No. God in heaven. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so one of the other things that was a, a big um, memory lane for me was yard sales. Um, did you guys do yard sales growing up? No. Our neighborhood did like a big one. Like everybody did it at the same time. I think maybe one year we did, but like. We were not, our neighborhood was not like your neighborhood. My family is not like your family. We were like, <laughs> we're going to do our thing. Gotcha. You guys all do your thing. <laughs> like, we didn't go to the block party. Gotcha. I had a couple friends in the neighborhood. I babysat for everyone. So, like, I was very, like, out and about in our neighborhood. But, like, we didn't participate in those sorts of things. There was not, like, a socialization. No. Gotcha. What did other people and you guys just weren't interested? I or? see. Like we we had like the neighborhood association and like they did the garage sale once a year and like mm-hmm. a few years they had like a block party around like July Fourth or something. But like other than that, no. Because gotcha. even like when I would go babysit for the kids, like it wasn't like I was babysitting for a bunch of the kids because all the parents were going to do something or like I was babysitting for one family and, like, they were going over to the other families. Like, it was not anything like that. Yeah. So I think it was just... Just that neighborhood. Just a different kind of neighborhood. And there are definitely neighborhoods like that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know that my... My well, my neighborhood was definitely not the norm. It is definitely on right, the extreme right. version of it. Um, But I think it's not uncommon to, like, know and be friends with one or two of the neighbors around you. Yeah. Um, we were, like, friendly with our actual next-door neighbors yeah. on both sides, but... But it wasn't like you were going on vacations together or anything. No. It, yeah. Unlike unlike some. your family. Um, unlike us freaks. Yes. Um, Cliffwood. Woo woo. <laughs> so yard sales. Did you call them yard sales? No, garage sales. Okay, because I, I wrote in my notes like I wonder if that's one of those like colloquialism things like you know whether you call it like a tree lawn or a berm or whatever and like sneakers or tennis shoes. I love that you went to tree lawn and berm. I was like pop and soda. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my notes. Okay. But for whatever reason, that one was not the one that popped into I was my like, head. I was like, what's the other word for tree lawn? What is a tree lawn? And then you said berm, and I was like, oh, that's that. Oh, interesting. Well, I didn't know tree lawn. Well, now you it know. it makes perfect sense. Yes. But yeah, pop and soda was what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. And just didn't read my notes to get that. It just remembered because you brought <laughs> up yard sales. Popped into your brain. But yeah, no, we always called it a garage yeah, sale. Yeah, so did we. Um, so we had... We definitely, it was a, a homeowners association thing. It was like, cause it was through the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, 
did you so if you guys didn't really have them did you like to go to them were you like when we had the like neighborhood one i would like walk around but like but you wouldn't like go around and hunt for them or whatever no okay see my mom's parents my grandparents loved garage sales Mm. loved a sale polish (laughs) um and i i don't know like i'm i was so young i don't really know but i i know part of the thrill for me was like getting a peek into other people's lives and like the um, idea that you could find buried treasure, mm-hmm. there was something very um, magical about that. Yeah. Uh, but they loved them. So we used to do that a lot. And they would come down every year. And it was always like early September, late September. Mm. But I always, I associate the smell of fall with that oh, weekend. Oh, okay. Like it, it was always the first, it, it that was like the kickoff of fall to me. And we didn't have a garage sale every year. In fact, I think we only had a couple. Mm-hmm. Um but my mom would always help me bake brownies and make hot chocolate and lemonade and drinks. And we wound up making like a hundred, two hundred yeah. bucks, which is at nine, ten, like right. huge money. And I would go, we would spend every drop of it buying useless craft of from course. other people's garage sales. Yeah. And it was, it was like my favorite weekend of the year growing up. Yeah. And my grandparents always came down for it. Um, and I just, I remember, um, there's like a little bit of a bend and it's up a hill on my parents' street. When you'd sit in the garage in the driveway, you could see when a car would come around oh, that bend yeah. and I would like all the way up the top of the hill and I would sit there and I'd wait, just wait for them to come. For grandma and grandpa. And yeah. I just, cause I adored my grandparents, my grandpa and, and I in particular were incredibly close. And I just, it, it was, it was my favorite. It was my yeah. favorite of the year. So that was, um, a, a fun little, just nice nod to, yeah. Something that brought so many fun memories back of, like, all the useless crap that I bought. Yeah. Oh. I, I was trying to think of, uh, if I had to sum it up, what was the best thing. Probably the metal crutches that I purchased. <laughs> um, okay. Because I loved the idea of the attention that I got about pretend, but right. it was also acting and um, mostly the attention. Right. And like, the drama of it. And uh, I, I just... And the story, whose were they, why were they metal, yeah. why did they look different, you know, all of those fun, I, I was very much would have fit in on the treasure hunt. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned before. So, um, I like to think my sense of whimsy hasn't completely left me. Yeah. Um, although you're pretty whimsical too, in different ways, but, um. But yeah. that was fun. That I just... think the reason I don't like garage sales is because I don't like haggling and I don't mm. like people watching me look at their stuff. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I... If I could not... That's why I like, like, eBay and Etsy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because then I can, I can find some cool shit. I just don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> and therein lies the difference. But, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I get that. And see, I'm less interested in eBay because it's just one item. It doesn't tell me as like as much of a story. I like the whole oh, looking at like all of it together and then making up the story for whatever you end up buying. That makes sense too. And like, what kind of clothes did they wear? And does that make sense with the type of music that they had? And like, mm-hmm. oh, are they getting rid of this? Is this an ex girlfriend's or you yeah? Know, is that you know, is this some grandpa's that they found somewhere? Or maybe it was just something they found in an attic when they moved into the house, right? Or, um. I, one of my prized possessions, um, I found an old class ring oh, and I used yeah. to wear it everywhere and just imagine the story of whose it was and why they had it and yeah. how they lost it. And I loved it. Um, anything else that we haven't really talked about yet that sparked something for you? Um, 
Mrs. Prezioso is like obsessed with garage sales and showed up early. Which is funny. You would that not expect so, from her. Right. I would not. Everything we know about Mrs. Prezioso, like garage sale fiend, is not a thing I would associate with any of those characteristics, which I thought was really weird. The only thing I can see about it is the wanting to be there first and mm-hmm. get the best thing. Like that tracks. Yes. But being interested but doing in doing it at all, at all is, is, it just yeah. seemed weird. Yeah, very strange. We learned for the first time that Stacy's full name is Anastasia. Anastasia Elizabeth. And I had forgotten I had forgotten that I'd known that, but I did know that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure, and I even reading it was like, oh, I'm sure this made Kate fall even more in love with her. Yes. Um, one of the things that I uh, pulled out for us to chat about was the continued um, uh, description of Claudia as exotic. Yes. Um. So, you know, as you guys know that we're we're trying to be inclusive. In fact, we had another listener reach out to us today to to help us with some additional language we can we can look at and I'm we're so open to mm. that. I mean, I can't I don't want to speak for Kate, but I know her. Um <laughs> yes. And in fact, um I actually welcome when I get things wrong because it's a chance for me to learn something new yeah. and get it right. Um and so I don't know if so that that all being said leads to I can sometimes be overly Right. Um, cautious and, and get it, like overthink things too much. Um, for example, we went to see Anastasia this weekend and Katie was getting annoyed with me because I was like, mm, I don't know if this is a really fair and balanced portrayal of the Russian revolution. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, everyone's just acting like the poor Romanovs and everyone after them. But you know, like they're the victims here, but they weren't good people either. And like, I'm not saying that the communists had it right, but like there was more nuance to that revolution. And she was like, we're watching a musical of an animated children's movie. And I was like, point taken, moving on. So I, especially since we've started doing this and mm. I'm, you know, trying to navigate those things some more. So long way of saying, go figure. Um, <laughs> am I overreacting to that or is it a little icky? And I, I don't know that you're the right feel, person to ask right. that question to. I mean, yes, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I, every time it comes up, it feels, it feels icky. I know it. It's, it, it's it, right. It's yeah. like, Ooh, like it's not as bad as some of the words that have been taken out of these books, but like, it's just calling. I feel like it's sort of like what we talked about, like Oriental rugs versus yes. Oriental people. It feels like you can call it a thing exotic, but calling a person exotic just feels gross. It feels othering to me as well. Yeah. It, is. it like exotic makes it sound like, I'm nothing like you. You're different. And right. that anything that others in that way is dangerous to Well, me. I feel like exotic also is sort of like fetishizing her race. Yeah. You know, like, I, Especially I don't know how a, you could better describe her and to I, say what, because it's a shorthand for, you know, basically trying to describe like, she's not white. She looks different than me. But by saying exotic, it just feels like, it feels like they're not doing the work of being a better descriptor or like yes and thinking about it in a different way it just feels like they're just trying to like this is what i'm going to say because it's easy because yeah but here's the other thing and again this is i don't know if i'm reading too much into this but for me does exotic almost always imply eastern to you in some way or do you hear it for anybody who doesn't look aryan basically i feel like it's like 
Asian. That's what I mean. That's why it feels even especially ickier. Right. As a descriptor for Claudia in particular. Because really, exotic when being used to describe a person is almost always, at least in my experience, an Asian woman. And usually a younger Asian woman. That's that's what I was thinking. Which is why I, I sort maybe... of went fetishistic when I was talking. And I same. Okay, just so got I think back we're, there. We're both having that same yeah. hiccup. And I, and I don't know exactly where that comes from. Um, but clearly there's something there. So if it's, um, I, I'm going to reach out to some of my Asian American friends and, and see if we can't get some, um, way in from, mm-hmm. from them. Um, if anyone has had, has that experience or has had conversations around it, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts and perspectives on it as well. But, um, you know me, I was looking out for a good learning opportunity. Exactly. We love to learn. Um, so, so that was one of the things that, that, mm-hmm. that popped out at me. Um, but overall, for me, this one felt more like a series of moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, setting up things to come. Right. Um, I do want to note that um, on a, like, where this is going level, um, as clearly I do very little research ahead of time before <laughs> we read these. I mean, with intention. Yeah. Um, I always like to read, you know, the, the, the letter at the back and was pleasantly surprised to discover that... Um, it was always intended that Stacy was going to continue on mm-hmm. as part of the series because I genuinely didn't, didn't know. Mm-hmm. I uh, and I because I don't know when the next Stacy book either is and how long that had passed. You know, I wondered if is she going to be a presence at all in the other books? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's Claudia narrated next one, I don't even know what's next. Mallory, Mallory. Oh, that's right. Duh. Yes, hello, but, like, Mallory. I I kind of doubt we'd see her in Mallory, but in the next. Claudia book, right. is she going to mention Stacy? Um, I don't know. I don't have any real remembrance. I'm going to say yes. Probably. I would assume. <laughs> Probably when she's describing the Babysitter's Club. I'm sure. like, my, my best, best friend, friend Stacy used to be in the club, but she just moved back to New York. But she babysits there with her friend Lane. Have, and, did they, and they call them honorary members already in, in this one? Or is that? No. I feel like that's a thing that happens later. Maybe, But why am I thinking that something about Dawn and like... Because Dawn goes back to California. California. That's, what that's what I'm thinking. I don't know why it wouldn't have been Stacy and Lane, but... They might also be. I don't know. I'm just... For some reason, I'm having a memory of a, a tickle in my, the back mm-hmm. of my brain somewhere that honorary member was, like, a thing. Yeah. And an important thing. Like, yeah. it was bestowed right. upon someone. So, that'll be interesting to see if that ever pops back yeah. up. Um, but... Yeah. Anyway, that was just my... Yeah. I did have another thought. Oh, yeah. So we find out how Stacey and Claudia met each other. Yes. Like a real meet cute. So remember when we met each other, she managed to say, talking about Claudia, of course, first day of school last year, I dropped my notebook and you stepped on it. By accident, she reminded me. And then we looked at each other and we were both wearing off the shoulder sweatshirts and high top sneakers. I couldn't decide whether to hate you or hope you'd become my best friend, I admitted. Same here, she said. I know. Oh, I love that so much. And that felt like such a true moment like i remember that's i i I have friends that i remember Mm -hmm. i mean sarah mclaughlin uh, i thought she was a snob she was just quiet because she didn't talk she didn't talk as much as i did um and she thought i was a lot which i am so um (laughs) um i remember like that the minute we actually had a conversation with each other, it was like, oh, I really like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Like, why that was I such an idiot? <laughs> I, I love that. Like, 
I'm a sucker for that. Even in my rom-coms, I'm a fan of the um, misunderstood. Like my my rom-com ideal is very much Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. You know, like where the barrier is your own right stuff and not some contrived. I mean, I'm good down. I love a good fantasy. I'm right. rereading one of my favorites right now, but um, I love the the, the whole yeah. like. It's just between you're, us. You're standing yeah. in your own way, it's essentially. Um, speaking of dating, I had another little um, observation that was just a throwaway. But um, when she talks in the very beginning about how Howie had asked um, Dorian, Dorian out, and she has that very conflicted, like, she doesn't exactly know how she feels about it, where she's like, he's not exactly my boyfriend. Right. And I didn't like him enough to, like, care, but... I, I'm also feeling a little rejected. Like, right. why doesn't he like? And I liked having pe- him to go to dances with and like hang out with. And now he wants to go hang out with her instead. Like, and it wasn't precisely that he didn't like me any, or like the fact that he liked her. It's like why didn't he? He should like me, right? That type of thing. And um, uh, so much of um, Claudia and the New Girl was me reevaluating stuff from when I was a kid through mm-hmm. adult eyes. And now I've, I've got like the reverse where I'm like, oh, that's still dating now for me. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, like when somebody I'm like chatting with on one of the apps will like not respond. I'm like, well, I wasn't really into you either, but you should want to be into me. Right. I should be the one making the decision to stop talking, not you. Exactly. <laughs> it, like even if I had the worst time on a date and if somebody's like, yeah, let's not do that again. I'm like, Screw you. I wanted to dump right, you. I exactly. dumped you. Yes. Um, which is so immature. And gee, I wonder why I'm still on the dating apps. <laughs> um, but it was just, I was like, um, ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I feel that. Yep. Um, reading through when Stacy and her mom are packing this, um, I'll read it, but this scene or like this inner exchange between Stacy and her mom, when I read it, I was like, I remember reading this as a child. Like I love that feeling. I, like, I was like, oh my God, I like remember this scene. So it's when they're packing and Stacey's mom says, I can't get, oof, jam these in any further, which, you know, sounds a little weird. Out of context. Baby anyway. Club is going to tweet that. <laughs> yes. Here, let me help you. I ran into the den where my mother was trying to close up a carton of books she'd, she'd just packed and flung myself on the box. Stacy, that works with suitcases full of clothes, but not cartons full of bro- books, my mother said. Like, I remember reading that and being like, oh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't work. That's so funny. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I, that has been some of my favorite part mm-hmm. of this is having those um, – I mean, it, it It seems dumb, but that's one of my favorite feelings in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, like, getting a really good twist not, and not seeing it coming, yeah. like being shocked by it. It's the same type of feeling for me. Yeah. Um, where it's just so pure and I love so much that moment of remembering something that you really, like, loved. Mm-hmm. Not even really – it doesn't even have to be important. Right. But, like, realizing that there was once something there and then it's back. Yeah, um, exactly. I love that feeling. Yeah, I love it too. I also love that Mallory referred to her siblings as those goons. Because, <laughs> like, I, I love that to call my brother a goon. So I was like, okay, Mallory. Like, I feel like every time we see Mallory, oh like... God, we're softening on Mallory so much. I'm still always going to hate that fucking bunny face <laughs> under her name, though. I will never get over that. But, like... Like, she does, like, shit like this, and I'm like, oh, Mallory, you're kind of cool. I was just thinking, I like, was like... I like you. I fe- I did, I refer to my sibling, little siblings as, you know, all manner of things. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've always called them the kids, and 
Yes. Yeah. They are not my children. No. Um, and as such, I am one of the kids, and yet, so I really felt that. Yeah. That, like, when you're the oldest of a group, mm-hmm. um, especially a group that are um, rambunctious, mm-hmm. I'll say, not, even Dustin, even my, the quietest of my siblings, yeah. especially in the context of my siblings, was not quiet. Right. In fact, um, Landon, if he is listening, he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I very much felt that um, almost smug kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm so much older and wiser. Yes, and exactly. I'm very proud of being, you know, in quote unquote in charge of right. this brood and, you know, yeah. having that very... Um, proud of them like but also a little exasperated in yeah. a way you can only be by someone that you know you really love exactly um, that's a good feeling too mm-hmm. any other one-off thoughts no nope, i think i'm comments concerns i think i'm out of my one-offs was there any um fashion that jumped out to you i mean it was stacy so she definitely mentioned it more than some of the others yeah but i, I did love the, the off the shoulder sweatshirts and high top sneakers from their meet cute um, I loved this outfit that Dawn was wearing at the last Babysitter's Club meeting that Stacey's at. She was wearing a very short kilt, an oversized red sweater, and yellow socks over red tights. On her head was a red beret with a sparkly initial pin attached to the side. I want that outfit I, yeah, right now. You know what? So thank you for picking that one because I did have one last thing on my thoughts list that I totally forgot. And it's Dawn. I totally slept on Dawn as a kid. I think she is stealth becoming my favorite. She is just totally an individual mm-hmm. um, in a way that I way dig as yeah. an adult. But, like, as a kid, I just – there was no real entry point into Dawn for me. Oh, okay. Um, because, I, I, like, California was definitely very cool, but I was way more into New York. And the whole, like, long blonde hair mm-hmm. surfer girl thing was very much not my aesthetic. And then the whole actively choosing to only eat – rabbit food <laughs> Mm-mm. right i was very much like claudia in in that way too that she was just too foreign yeah. to me um just so unlike me but not enough opposite like marianne that i still had a yeah. reaction so she was just sort of a i didn't dislike her but mm-hmm. i didn't have strong feelings about her either way yeah and every one of these books the more i get into dawn the more i just really really dig yeah. her yeah I definitely had a like a like small dawn period, like as much as I'm like Stacy was my favorite, but it was Marianne. Like, because in third grade we had to dress up as a book character, and I dressed up as Dawn, not oh, Stacy. So I definitely had a phase where I was like Dawn's my favorite, but like looking back, Stacy's Stacy was my girl back in the day. Well, that's you know, I mean, when you look back, I, there were like three or four different jobs I wanted to be, but. Um, teacher was always like the main one right but then i would sometimes cycle i I went through a librarian period and i went through a secretary period Mm -hmm. but it would always come back to teacher right um so when i look back at what did you want to be as a kid teacher right so i get what you mean yeah so prediction for hello mallory i hate to say it but i'm going to definitively predict that we're both going to walk away from it going all right i kind of don't hate mallory (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that is literally all I got. I mean, I'm sure we're just going to basically get some of the, um, a retread of some of the things that we've already seen from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Cause, uh, other than the super special, this is her first, 
crack at narration. So um, it's not a prediction so much as I'm interested. I can't wait to see how she describes the girls now that I'm, we're getting to a point where I'm able to recognize right. the different um, narrator voices and how they talk about things. Yeah. So I'm excited about that, actually. Yeah. That was sort of, you know, she finally officially joins the BSC as a junior member. I'm wondering, because I know we're not too far out from Jesse joining. Gonna... I'm wondering, because, and I think Jesse's family moves to Stony Brook, so I'm wondering if Jesse will move to Stony Brook in this book. And so we'll at plot. least get her, like, introduced. Because uh, you're right, because in my head, Mallory and Jesse are so right, in a, they're, in a strictly they're just tied. both there always. It's Mallory and Jesse. Yeah. Like, to the point where um, it is really impressive. Now that I think about it, that they were so inextricably tied in my head, and yet they have very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, all the best friend pairs in this, yeah, really do have. They're very much Claudia and Stacy, right? Christy and Marianne, like all one breath, yeah. But at the same time, they're not a blob, right? Exactly, they're um, their own people. Do we get a book where Ma- Mallory and Jesse have a falling out? I'm sure we do. I'm gonna guess yes. I don't recall one. I, I'm having vague. I feel as like I was asking the question. I, I think, think yes. that yes. I think when Jesse gets really into water ballet, I think it's very similar to the last book, Claudia, with Claudia, and, the, and the Ash. Girl. Not the last book. Yeah, the yeah, last that was book. The last one before the yeah. Super the special. super special just keeps going off. Yep. I I think there's a similar thing. Not exactly the same, but I think it's sort of like another version of that. I think that I I think you're right. I I'm vaguely remembering tension. I'm also now having memories of, like, backstage sabotage at ballet school. And I can't remember if it's a Jesse book or, like, an R.L. Stein, like, Christopher Pike thing. I don't think we got into that in Babysitter's Club. Okay. I meant, like, but now that I'm thinking, maybe it wasn't sabotage. Maybe I'm conflating, because it would have been around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, drama, the drama at the ballet school and Nancy Kerrigan. Because <laughs> um, it would have been roughly yeah, that's fair. That that era, that maybe in my young brain they sort of got. Um, maybe it was racism. I think there's make racism. I know. I definitely know that they tackle racism mm-hmm. when it comes to Jesse. Um, and I think it is at the ballet school, which would make sense, seeing as how just now Misty Copeland right. is a, a big deal, and it's thirty years later. So. Right. Exactly. Um, and a big deal, not because she's immensely talented, which she 100% is. Right. But just the sheer fact of who she is. Right. Which is... Exactly. She would be that amazing were it not for that. But the fact that it's still fact sucks, basically, is yes. what it comes down to. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Okay. Um, so, yeah, end of my club business. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if there's any final club business. Nope. Okay. Not on my end. <laughs> Well, then... <laughs> I don't know why I got so sassy about that. Since you're going to skip over what you normally say to ask me to tell people where to follow us. Oh, yeah. You guys should do that, huh? <laughs> Rate and review. Yeah. So you can follow us on I... Instagram and Twitter at GenerationBSC or email us at GenerationBSC at gmail.com. <laughs> and with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter, her super unhelpful co-host. <laughs> and with that, this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to you.